Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. On today's episode, we're talking with the Count Anthony Minicello about his illustrious career at the Sydney Roosters. He's the most capped player with 302 games under his belt, a premiership winning captain, and was once voted the best rugby league player in the world. On today's show, we're talking with Minnie about the Roosters and COVID-19. We discuss the development of the women's game how COVID is affecting our community, as well as his new project, Mini Fit Live. Welcome to Coogee Voice. Now, let's dive straight into it. Most cap player for the Roosters, a one-man team. How did you end up at the Roosters? Firstly, thank you, Marjorie, for having me on. It's a pleasure. How did I end up at the Roosters? So I was a uh, Western Suburbs boy. Grew up outside Liverpool on five acres, Italian heritage, and played many sports as a young kid. Uh, League, I started when I was 10 years of age, a little bit later than my brother. But, um, yeah, it took a, a... Love to it straight away. Love the sport, the team aspect of it all. And I was pretty lucky uh, at age 16, I got signed by the great Arthur Beetson, who was the recruitment officer at the Roosters at the time. He actually invited me to a two-day camp uh, in Narrabeen in 96, it was. And uh, we trained and we played against each other. And I got offered a two-year contract and yeah, very lucky. And then just things accelerated from then on. What a great story. So just to give you a little background of myself, I'm probably one of the few electorates that actually shares rugby league teams. Uh, <laughs> my great uncle, Gordon Favell, Roos's number 241, yes. was in the 1934 Premiership Excellent. winning team. Uh, both my brothers are Roosters juniors as well. So I'm just letting you know, this interview is probably going to be quite contentious for me. And I'm going to probably lose some votes. Well, you've got the right uh, the to South jump on anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I am probably going to lose some votes, but, um, you know, loyalty to rugby league uh, runs deep in my family and uh, we don't have fights uh, based on politics or religion. Yep. Uh, we've got a couple of outliers in our family who are South supporters and they're generally uh, pushed to the sidelines when it comes <laughs> to uh, family events, but it's such a great story. Just still incredibly close with the team. You know, what's happening with COVID at the moment? How's the team coping? Well, it is. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a crazy time at the moment, isn't it? As everyone navigates through COVID-19, it's um, a time where no one's really experienced before. So it's the unknown. Uh, at the moment, the players are in you know, home isolation, training individually. Uh, they all were sent home, when was it two or three weeks ago now? And they all got individual programs. They all had uh, Skype or Zoom hookups. Uh, and just making sure that everyone's doing their training and, and keeping their own fitness and well-being. But you need to be fit and ready if you're going to come back into a team situation and jump straight into a season. 
Um, so yeah, it is, it is a bit crazy, but, uh, so pretty exciting for sports fans and rugby league fans to get some footy back on, on the, the TV. Uh, look, I think it's going to be really exciting and particularly as people are being asked to stay at home, uh, missing our professional sport and as a big rugby league supporter, missing that Friday night, Saturday yep. night footy um, is really hard for people as well. Now, let's sort of just pivot a tiny bit. Robbo has quite a unique coaching style, uh, even with all these new parameters around fitness and training? Well, one thing, I actually played with Robbo in 1997. He was at the Roosters and we played reserve grade together. Um, so he was an average player, <laughs> but he's, he's the best coach. Um, he you know, went away to France and did his craft and come back here to Newcastle a bit. And, and then we signed him out of uh, the Catalans in the south of France and uh, just from day one, he sort of he knows the Brewster's history and the culture straight away, and that's that's he's really big on uh, knowing your past and where the eastern suburbs has come from, and he's really instilled a lot of history into the players that come in and play for the jersey. So they are, they understand that firstly the area, then they understand the club and the jersey that they're playing for, and that really captures everyone straight away. Uh, but then he's he's an outside the box thinker, so he. You know, he's got, we've got our home base the way we play, but then he'll always try and involve that even through the season, definitely in the off-season. You know, even little things like every off-season, he'll make sure that when the players come back on day one, there's a whole fresh feel of the place. So something's different. There's a new paint job or there's something that, that, that they feel, the players feel, oh, this is new. It's not like, oh, we're back at our ground and it's the same again. Little subtle little things that uh, tinker with your mind uh, he's the master at. So he's he's certainly one of the best coaches I've been involved in. Great to work with. And, you know, that's why he's, he's won back-to-back. And, again, hopefully when the season gets kicked off, we'll be going for a third premiership, which you know, no team has done since Parramatta, I think, in the early 80s. So pretty, um, pretty special uh, position they are in at the moment. Yeah, it is. So what you're saying is, though, uh, those that can't do, teach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I guess, do you have any thoughts on the current team and where they're headed? Where are the strengths and what are you well, excited most about? I think we're a very well-rounded team. Um, I, I suppose over the last couple of years, um, you've seen what they can achieve. You know, it's, teams have been trying to go back to for a long time. I think 1993 was the Broncos last and then we the boys did it last year. So... That's the strength of the team, their belief system and, and the way that they sort of prepare mentally. You know, everyone prepares physically very well for the NRL. Everyone is physically matched up these days. Where you find the edge is, is in the, the way you carry yourself in your lifestyle, uh, the, your preparation, in your, your, own, your, own, you know, your food, your hydration, your sleep, all that lifestyle stuff that really adds extra percentages to your performance week in, week out. They're the stuff that the Roosters are on top of um, and, and sort of the slight mental edge that Robbo gives them as well. So talking about teams, the Roosters was one of the foundational clubs. They're now also one of the foundational women's clubs around it. Uh, what are your thoughts about the development of the game um, and in particular, you know, the women's game and where that's headed? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I think the it's just bred a new lease of life in the rugby league, to be honest. Uh, you know, the, to have an inaugural women's team at the Roosters has been special over the last couple of years, watching 
the girls come in the training and you know the I suppose that the girls have been playing league for a long time and now they're starting to get some recognition. These girls have paved the way for younger girls to grow up and say, you know, I want to play for the Roosters and earn myself a, a good contract and, and a great living. You know, and that these girls that have started this two years ago um, have really paved the way for the future of the game, for the Women's Rugby League. And you can see the growth in Women's Rugby League at the grassroots level uh, is exceeding the boys. So that's, that's great news. Um, a bit of background about myself for people who don't know. Uh, my background's actually rugby union. I played against Ruan Sims. Yes. Uh, she at once upon a time <laughs> used to be an inside centre. And for those of people who don't know, I'm five foot five and Ru is like Tough. punching over six foot. So <laughs> lining up against her was always a little bit of fun. Um, but I think like the testament of how uh, the NRL and clubs like the Roosters are developing the women's game is really highlighted by the fact that there are they are bleeding players from other codes. So players from rugby union, players from AFL, from touch are dropping their sport and headed to league because of how well supported they are in these clubs and I think that that is a really amazing thing and I'm incredibly proud to be supporting and be a supporter of a club that is really pushing and supporting the women are at in all levels and I think that's something to be incredibly proud of as a Roosters supporter um, and as a woman who has played contact sport her entire life. Couldn't agree more. Um, (laughs) So sort of just going a little bit talking I guess a bit more broadly about uh, rugby league and COVID. So what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts about that? Because the whole entire game is going to be changed because of this pandemic. Yes. uh, Well, you know, we've seen over the last couple of months, um, you know, the financial state of the game and it's, you know, it's fragile. Every club uh, struggles to make a profit um, in, in rugby league. So this has really definitely hurt us. There's no doubt about it. The, The next TV rights deal is going to be very interesting um, but I, I will say, uh, Peter Vlandis, the head of the commission at the moment, is 100% the right man for the job. Uh, you can see the the business now that he has, and you know if he, if he was in the game 10 years ago, uh, who knows where the game we at? But you know the game has come a long way, even with all the other leaders prior to him. It's definitely come a long way. Uh, but I think now uh, it needs to start really uh, looking at. Uh, attaining assets and banking some money because who knows this might happen again we don't know they could so we need to make sure that uh, we're in a strong position to for rugby league to live on and live strong um you know the the in terms of the players and their performances each week and the athleticism of them is just phenomenal the way they train and you know that's you know when i started it was the year 2000 you know after every game it was ice bars full of beers and it was out all weekend you know Great times, but now it's ice bars that they have to jump into and the preparation is down to a T every week. So um, they're professional, no doubt about it. And the game gets better each, each year. So, you know, you've launched Minifit and it's now subscription-based. It's all online. Before we get to that, you know, you have completely transformed your own fitness and well-being. Was there a single moment that helped you or made you change the way that you saw health and fitness? Yeah, there were certainly uh, years there where I was injured. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up on a, on a farm. So I had a whole food upbringing naturally with the Italian heritage where we had our own cows, chickens, veggie patches. My mum's damn good cook and she used to cook all that up. Uh, as soon as I moved out of home, I moved back into the east because 
uh, wanted to, you know, be near where I was training and playing. Uh, you, you know, you start to um, eat out every single night. You start to drink on the weekends and, you know, anti-inflammatories when you're injured, all that type of stuff. It was, it was basically a slow deterioration of my own body. It wasn't any type of injury that put my back out or neck out. It was my own doing um, from the lifestyle that I was leading, pushing my body to the absolute limit every week, drinking all weekend, pushing it hard at training and doing the same. The cycle was just the same for five years straight, five or six years straight. And then in, in 2006, where I had a ruptured disc in my lower back, uh, I didn't, I, to be honest, I didn't think anything of it. My whole attitude was, yeah, I'll be right. I'm playing the best football of my career. Why would I change anything in my lifestyle, you know? And 2006, seven come around and the disc above does the same thing. Then I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Oh, it's my second back operation. I come back the following year in 07, 08, sorry, and I do uh, my neck injury, a huge disc bulge in my neck one millimetre away from the spinal cord and you know, specialists are saying, uh, look, you know, this is serious now. Any type of hit could put you in a wheelchair. You've got to really think about what you want to do in your career. And that's when I, I started to wake up and, and think, you know, what, why is this happening to my spine? Why have I, have I got a spine of a 60-year-old when I'm, in, when I'm 27 or 28? Um, so I went on this search to try and improve myself and my well-being. And a big part of that was my wife encouraging me to do that. Um, so I went on, I did go on this huge quest to try and find people to help me. And I found one guy who I'm good mates with now, Aaron McKenzie. Uh, and he said, look, you can repair your body if you're willing to make some sacrifices with your training and the way you train and the way you eat and your lifestyle. So I was pretty much convinced or not convinced. I was, um, really open to what he was saying. And I started working with him, uh, once a week. And then I, thought I was on the right track. I started preparing for the 2009 season and round two, I did all my ligaments in my ankle and, and a spiral fracture in my knee. So four years, I had a run of injuries. And that's when I really took a step back uh, in those 22 weeks while I was out and started to really focus on the power of nutrition and food and how it has a, uh, the, the power to heal the body or decrease inflammation in the body and promote restoration. Uh, and, you know, I found that, once I got rid of all the crap, got rid of all the prescription medications, got rid of a lot of the alcohol, got rid of all the, um, just the way I was the heavy lifting and training for, for the moment. And I found after two weeks, I started to sleep better. And once I started to sleep better, that means I was waking up clearer. I was mentally clearer, focused. I could start training harder. And, and my body just started repairing naturally. And you know, that was a huge wake-up call to me. Um, because I got rid of all the processed foods. I started eating more healthier fats, good quality protein, heaps of good quality plant foods, but seasonal, making sure that I knew where they were coming from. And I could feel my body repairing. I could just uh, just focus a lot easier and quicker. And then, you know, it wasn't until 2010 when I'm 30 where your class is old in professional sport that was my full season. I got injured at 26. My next full season was when I was 30. And I played the next five years uh, without an injury, um, which was, you know, a, a great achievement and got, had some great um, sort of accolades in the mix of all that. But, the, you know, the best, the best thing that come out of that is, you know, when I do talks now to people is, you know, I share uh, an MRI of when my back was 27 and my back now. And you can just see the complete opposite, the complete difference in the healthiness of each of those 
those images. And it's pretty, pretty phenomenal photo. That's a really amazing story. And, um, you know, I can relate to it a fair bit. I've got chronic arthritis in my knee from playing rugby union for 15 years. And I've had a knee replacement. I've had a couple of ascaroscopies from that. Um, And the only times that I've ever actually, and where I've really been able to go with it now, has been when I've had proper like health and wellbeing manage of it. When I was playing, I would just be, you know, taking anti-inflammatories, covering it with ice and just making do taping it up and just going, look, I'll deal with it at another time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, now not, I'm now not playing and it, it had really, um, you know, one of the things about Parliament is the quickest way to get to the chamber is to walk up and down a set of stairs. Yeah. Um, but they're old school wooden stairs mm-hmm. and when you've got a bad knee, you hear a really big thump yeah. on one side. <laughs> I remember someone turning to me and saying something and I was like, okay, I've, you know what, I've actually got to make the fact that other people are noticing this, I think I've got to do something about it. Now, COVID-19, from my perspective, has brought forward these two different kinds of people because of social distancing. Uh, There's one group of people that have started going out, they're exercising, they're using the free time. I don't think I've seen the beach ever so far Mm. or um, the coastal walk even so far. People are out there walking. At the other side, you've got a bunch of people who are out there um, running and running to go and eat a kebab (laughs) as well as on that side as well. We're seeing this like, you know, huge amounts of alcohol consumption. Um, So it's, you know, this is a really stressful time for people and I know myself I've completely changed uh, my own lifestyle around it because I know that I'm, I'm not actually able to exercise as much because my workload has increased. And I know one of them, the ways that I can be better managing my own body yep. is by minimizing the alcohol that I drink, increasing the amount of water where I can walk. I do walk, yep. I'm trying to get as much sleep, but you know, f- you're a fitness guru. You've got a huge amount um, of expertise in this. What advice can you be giving to the eastern suburbs community about how they should be looking after themselves at this time? It is incredibly stressful. Yep. Um, what should be, people be doing? Well, I think now more than ever, it's a time to make sure that your health and immune system is strong. You know, and 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 how do we do that? And that's there's there's you know, health is multi factorial you've got nutrition you've got hydration you've got stress management you've got sleep you've got exercise and movement now all these little things can always improve something in your lifestyle to improve your own health and immune system including myself um so you know the the first thing is is try to get rid of all the processed foods so the body's not processing all the crap and the toxicity and trying to get that out so then therefore the body's um sucking up the nutrition so then you're sleeping better recovering better waking up in a clearer state uh, and then you know the, the the next thing is you know everyone lives busy lives uh, although we're, we're at home but most people are working from home homeschooling their kids so time just flies um, and, that, and that's why I've, I've developed I've changed mini fit up to develop 10 to 20 minute workouts simple that's not that long out of your day where you can work out for 10 minutes or work out for 15 minutes and really feel the improvement of strength and fitness in the comfort of your own home. Uh, so f- for me now, uh, being in isolation, I've been in the backyard lots, just training in the backyard, you know, bare feet sometimes, going for a walk around the block. You know, out- I'm an outdoors guy, so I like to get outdoors where I can, um, but it is a lot harder at the moment. But there's always something that you can do, even though we're, we're faced with all these restrictions. That- that- so for me, you've got to... 
switch the negative into a positive. What can I do to improve my own health and improve my own immunity? Uh, and, you know, sleep is key, obviously. Nutrition and what you put in your mouth uh, complements that. And then movement and exercise. And that's why uh, predominantly I was working with kids in holiday clinics and in schools. And, and that's why I've developed uh, MiniFit Live and MiniFit On Demand, where you can train for 10 to 20 minutes in the comfort of your own home uh, with me. Uh, if you want the live uh, sessions, then I'll be training live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4.30 p.m. And then the on-demand service, where there's a library of videos and lifestyle uh, tips and tools that they can access to, um, is going to be great for everyone to just flick on their screen or Chromecast it to your TV, train with me, or, or train whenever you want on demand when you click on that tab. One of the bits of information that I'm getting in uh, my position is there are a lot of families and parents who are reaching out to me. They're living in their apartments in the eastern suburbs. They're now educating their kids yep. at home. They're trying to figure out how they can break the day up a bit mm. while they're working and their kids are studying. Um, are your online programs suitable for families where they could do it all together? 100%. Yeah, totally. So all my workouts are body weight. Uh, and you know, kids to adults, uh, families can work out together. Uh, it's it's perfect for it because I know I've only got one daughter, but I know the stresses of homeschooling. I can imagine many of my friends got uh, multiple kids and three and four. It's just a nightmare. Uh, so you need kids have a lot of energy. There's no doubt about that. So they need to use that energy in a positive way uh, with some exercise. So then they can actually concentrate better when they're actually doing their schoolwork. So these workouts are perfect. You know, if they want to train with me live, then it'll be at 4.30 Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or there's an on-demand service where they can just flick it on whenever they want uh, and, and do the workout. And I encourage families as well, not just kids, families that do it together. That's wonderful. Now, you've touched on um, the lifestyle videos. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the, for the first, first series, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to go in depth with uh, what I did and the four steps that I live by now. Uh, so I'll talk about my career and how I got the roosters in depth and, and then I'll talk about what I changed. And the four steps that I live by now is, you know, step one is the source of my food. You know, it's got to be pasture-raised protein, um, you know, seasonal fruit and veg. Um, step two is the process of that, you know, cooking with the right oils. Uh, how do you cook it? Do you burn it on 200 degrees or you just slow it down and cook it for, uh, over a long period of time to keep the nutrition intact? Step three is to decrease our consumption of processed foods. We're not going to decrease at 100%. You know, have times where you enjoy certain things, that's great. Uh, but decreasing that and having and being conscious of it is great. And then step four is to uh, give our intermittent fast, give our digestion uh, a rest some days where the body can start to promote the healing and restoration um, in the body. Uh, that will be the first series, and then I'll then I'll you know film some recipes and smoothies that I enjoy myself uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll start interviewing people as well. I'm, I'm really passionate about this side of things. Um, you know, I've studied it lots but I've, you know, I've got a lived experience with this so I know the, the benefits of eating well uh, and, and modifying some of your lifestyle factors. 
you're talking about a holistic approach to health. Um, you know, COVID-19, people being trapped inside, there's been increased amounts of unemployment. We're seeing mental health issues um, actually increasing, unfortunately, throughout our community. What advice can you be giving in this space? Yeah, so it was once thought that your physical, mental and emotional state was all separate. That's now not the case. It's proven in science that they are all connected. And I totally believe they are all connected because when I was injured, I was, it was a physical injury for me, but I was physically injured for four years. So how do you think my mental state was going? How do you think my emotional state was? You know, I was being snappy and uh, silly little things. But once I got rid of all the crap and changed my lifestyle, so lifestyle is, uh, and, and well-being is, has a huge effect not only on your physical health, but mental and emotional health as well. So for me, my, my sort of breaking point where I really jumped in it was food. Uh, then I felt crap for two weeks because I got rid of all the crap. But then after that, I mentioned I, I started sleeping better. So if I'm sleeping eight hours compared to four hours, how, how am I going to wake up if I'm sleeping four hours? You know, your, your mental state's not as sharp. You're not as clear. Your emotional state's down. So once I started sleeping better, then my uh, mental state was, oh, I could wake up and I felt fresh and my emotional state was um, much more resilient. And then my physical state started to repair. So these three things, they're all connected. So for me, uh, you know, food, hydration, sleep, stress management, getting outdoors in nature, all these things um, that I live by now keep me in, in a good state or keep me in a balanced state from physical to mental and emotional. And that's key, you know, you can't just work your physical state if you're um, you know, stressed at work and you're emotionally drained and all that. Type. It all just, it's all connected. So trying to connect those three and work on little things in all of them to improve uh, that balance in your own body. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, another question. I hear that you're writing a book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been in Silky's uh, office a lot. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm actually writing it myself, so I'm finding it really hard because I always go back and try and correct things, um, which I shouldn't. I should just get everything out on paper. Um, so it's, it's been on the back burner a little bit at the moment because of, um, you know, my mini fit online, uh, taking up a bit of time, getting this established. But I am certainly going to go back to it and get this book out and, just just share really simple steps of what I did to improve my own body um, because the you know the, I was told by many doctors that you know find a new career you know it's pretty hard to hydrate a, a, your discs again when they're all black but that's not the case because now I've got proof MRI proof that they're all rehydrated again uh, obviously except the ones that were operated on but the rest are all perfectly healthy uh, and vibrant and and or like, like brand new again. So now that's the that's the story I want to share with people. And you know, I'm pretty lucky that I've got a platform with Minifit now to do that, and another platform in the Change Room program, which I work out, which is another fantastic program, wellbeing program. So it's it's great that I can share my story and get it out there, and hopefully get it out to as many people as possible. And thank you for sharing it. I think for people who have had chronic injuries, it sometimes can feel a little bit hopeless. So yep. to see that there is a path and that you can physically fix yourself um, is a really important story to tell. And so thank you for that.
So if anyone wants to find out more about Minifit, where should they head? They can just head to minifit.com.au and, and subscribe to our live sessions or our on-demand sessions. Uh, hopefully, I'll see those guys soon and, and, yeah, I'm excited about it. Wonderful. Now, before you go, we've got three questions that we ask everyone who's on Coogee Voice. Firstly, what is your best or favourite beach in the eastern suburbs? Favourite beach? Well, I used to live at Bondi for 15 years, so it's pretty hard to go past North Bondi, up north. Um, I like a little, some little sneakaway harbour beaches as well at Camp Cove and stuff, but yeah, North Bondi is, is the goods. Where can you get the best coffee in the eastern suburbs? Oh, the best coffee? Um, I normally make a lot of my own because I'm into the, <laughs> the, the bean side of it, but uh, yeah, Cali Press in Bondi is pretty, pretty good. Okay, and if you were going to have a burger, where do you think makes the best burgers in the eastern suburbs? Well, if I was going to have a burger, I'd normally go to the Burger Project at Bondi Junction, but I, I go bunless, so I don't know if everyone's a fan <laughs> of that. But uh, <laughs> No, look, uh, that carb-free life is definitely what I'm feeling as well. Anthony, thank you so much for being on Coogee Voice and for sharing your story with us. I'm really excited to be able to share this with the community. I uh, appreciate it, Marjorie. Thanks for having me on. That's my pleasure. Wasn't it amazing to hear about Minnie's fitness and health transformation? Now, if you'd like to join me in doing one of Minnie's mini fit workouts, I'm going to be doing one on the 7th of May at 5 p.m. You can join me on Facebook Live and join in on the fun. That's it for this episode of Coogee Voice. <laughs> <laughs>